Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast March Madness Bracket Special Series for the year 2022. Welcome, welcome. If you don't know what I'm talking about, well, check your podcast feed because what podcast are you listening to if you don't know what we're talking about? Anyways, yes, the Media Boat Podcast, we usually talk about movies, television, video games, and music, not necessarily in that order, but every March we try to do a bracket where we rank and pick the best of whatever category of our choosing. And this year in 2022, we have talked about Disney animated musical songs. In the previous episodes of this little tournament, we've taken every song in every eligible movie that we figured would fare here and dwindled it down to one song representing each movie. Then we took those, took four from each era divided roughly by like era of Disney animation from like the golden era to the Disney Renaissance to the CGI era, et cetera. And now we've seeded those four from each into a bracket of 16 for you. And the goal today is to pick one song to rule them all going through the bracket in each face off. So thank you for joining. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. And then we got some guests as well. I'm Mike. He's Matt. These names and these songs have been randomly generated into our bracket. So it's not um, our fault where they were seated. <laughs> Randomizers' fault where they were seated. Ten so times. if your favorite gets eliminated early, it's not on us. It's just that it got paired up with a better song. <laughs> To help us decide what is the better song, we have two co-hosts with us this evening. Hello. As always, the doctor is in the house. <laughs> and friend of the show, Christy, is in the house as well. Hello. And together, Hi. the four of us will help dwindle down this list of 16 songs to one. So why don't we do a quick recap? of these 16 songs. Yeah, let's go down the list here. I'll go one to 16. <laughs> numbered how it's been numbered in this list here. We have most recently from the film Encanto, which as of this recording, just last night, won the uh, Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. And the song, no, they didn't. They didn't win the song, however, because this wasn't nominated. We don't talk about Bruno. That's your number one. Number two, Cruella de Vil from 101 Dalmatians. Number three, Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. Number four, Everybody Wants to Be a Cat from the Aristocats. Number five, The World's Greatest Criminal Mind from The Great Mouse Detective. Yeah, it's not long for this world. Uh, <laughs> number six, Why Should I Worry from Oliver and Company. Number seven, Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. Ooh. Number eight, When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio. Number nine, How Far I'll Go from Moana. Number 10, A Whole New World from Aladdin. Number 11, Let It Go from Frozen. Number 12, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes from Cinderella. Number 13, Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid. Number 14, The Bare Necessities from The Jungle Book. Number 15, The Wonderful Thing About Tiggers from The Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And rounding out the 16, Beauty and the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. 
if you are wondering, hey, my favorite song didn't make it on this list. Like, where's Lion King? I didn't hear any Lion King songs. Well, you can uh, listen to our previous podcast of why we eliminated them. Also, your name is Elton John. You should go back on your finale, well, your your uh, uh, retirement tour because you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. You're busy. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, those are the 16 songs we're going to get through today. Only one will reign supreme, <laughs> as I almost choke on pizza. But in order to do so, we will have to take it two songs at a time. Yep. And the first two songs to step into the arena, we don't talk about Bruno and Beauty and the Beast. All right. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually not as easy as I thought it would be initially. Um, two very, very different songs. You, we Don't Talk About Bruno is a fun, danceable number. It's extremely catchy. It's all over the radio right now. And every kid is singing it to their parents. Being the Beast, meanwhile, is a ballad. Also was a radio single for a hot second but not from not the version that was in the film. Also notable for its, um, for its uh, imagery during it, with the, which of course was the ballroom scene from the movie. So right, what, which uh, brings in the hot question of what exactly are we rating these things on? So, hmm, I think what I said going into this was to me, there's two major things that matter. One, is it a good song? Like, is it memorable? Is it catchy? Do you find yourself thinking of the movie when you think of that song? Or, and number two, does it have a legacy in the Disney pantheon of songs? Like, like in the parks, do you hear it? On the ride, do you hear it? In the trailer, do they play it? Like, would the, like, is it the number one, and overall, is it the number one thing that you associate with that movie. Like, I think some songs do better in that category than others in these movies. I think both of the, these songs both of accomplished these songs? this. Yeah. Yeah, which is why they've made it this far. Yes. So yeah, those are the things to keep in mind. So what, what strikes anyone as like something in favor of one or in or a negative about one who wants to shoot the I mean, first shot across the bow here first shot across the bow we don't talk about bruno is an ensemble song i like me some ensemble songs yeah i also like that it changes the beat it changes the tune it has a lot of rhythm and fun lyrics within it it's got variety it to it. But whereas Beauty and the Beast is more of the ballady type, your more traditional love song. Mm -hmm. Not saying that's a negative, just saying that's a, a more of a ballad. Yeah, I think the, the, with that to start, that's a good place to start. We're talking about the songs as songs first, and then we can go to the legacy second. Um, as a song, yeah, Bruno is fun. There's a variety to it. It's it's really it's really dancey. And it's catchy. I mean, it's so easy to get stuck in your head. Uh, meanwhile, Beauty and the Beast, it's catchy in a different way. It is memorable, mostly because of what's happening in the moment in that movie. It's a very important time in that movie. It's where 
finally, they have fallen in love with each other and they're showing it and we're right about to have the rug pulled un from under them and be and have the castle being attacked. But for now, wait, what? Yeah, in Beauty and the Beast. No, that song's at the end when they've gotten together. Yeah, I know, but right after that, the castle gets attacked. That's the reprise you're thinking of. Yeah. What? No. <laughs> no, it's right before the, cli the climax of the film because, yeah, right after that, you have all the drama with Gaston climbing on the castle and the stabby stab stab. I thought this happened after that. No. Uh -huh. No, because it's right after the uh, something there when they're playing in the snow. Yeah, they go back to back. Something that wasn't there before goes right into Beauty and the Beast where they're dancing and you see Belle in the yellow dress for the first time. And there's the boom shot that's animated and everyone goes, wow, that's an animated shot. And yeah. Around in the ballroom. And yeah, uh, that's a conversation. Singing. Yeah, that part we should save for the second question here. But <laughs> as songs, though... Yeah, so so um, the one problem I think about comparing these two songs is that they're so different. It's very hard to compare them as songs because Beauty and the Beast is a ballad, and it's so different. It's trying to do a very different thing than what Bruno is trying to do. Well, yeah, because we don't talk about Bruno. It serves as the warning. I mean, both of these songs kind of take place in the same point of the films. Right <laughs> yeah, more or less. In the middle. And it is the portent of a third act happening. Is basically telling you in both cases like where the where the world is right before the status quo is going to change. Um, does anybody have any negatives or positives to say about these two songs? Well, guess which one is stuck in my head right now. It's Bruno, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Lin Manuel. Is it because of recency bias? No. Our old friend, recency bias, rearing its head again. Yeah, it was going to come up at some point here. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe you guys are trying to pick between Angela Lansbury and Lin Manuel. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I know. It's very tough. Yes. Uh, now, didn't Beauty and the Beast actually win the Oscar for original song? Yeah, so it's hard to do that comparison as well because Bruno was not submitted. If it had been submitted, someone could probably make an argument that it could have won. It would have yeah, won. Yeah, definitely the better song than whatever Billie Eilish was whining about. <laughs> wow, harsh. Um, one thing I will say when we're still talking about the content of the songs here, um, is one thing that Bruno does that Beauty and the Beast doesn't really do is the, one of the key things in the musical song. It advances the story. Yes, we don't does. talk about Bruno is very much about establishing here's what the, the family members think of Bruno. Here's what they think Bruno has done to them. And it also <laughs> ends with, with your hero basically literally piecing together the puzzle of Bruno. And finally getting to the point where she's like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to find him. I'm going to talk to him. And I'm going to get this figured out. Meanwhile, Beauty and the Beast, it's, it's, it establishes their relationship, but it doesn't move the story forward at all. It doesn't, per like, it doesn't say this is what Belle's going to do next. If anything, it says Belle's settled, like, settled into this, like, vibe now. She's like, oh, Beast is all right. 
I'm all right with Beast. I guess life is okay. Still would like to get my father, but I still like to solve that over bigger problem. But this song is like kind of like a frozen time situation. It's like by the time it's over, it's just like, well, we had a good dance. It, it basically doubles down on the song right before it. Yes. Something that wasn't there before. Yeah. And, I, and that's why I like that song better for plot purposes because that song you actually see in, in action of the two of them actually falling for each other. You see the emotions on their face. You see the dynamic there. You see their act by, through actual acting, they are doing something to advance the story. And in this, it's like, well, we did that. Now they're just making doe eyes at each other. And there's the couple of cute moments where the beast is like, you know, he's do, does the, like the thumbs up practically over to Lumiere to say like, I'm doing a good job, right? Like there's cute moments of acting there, but it's not story important. It's, it's just emotional. Right, but as you said, we don't talk about Bruno. Actually matters to the plot. Yeah, I... I have a hard time. I don't think Beauty and the Beast is a bad song in any right. I think it's a very good song. I'm having a hard time, though, fighting for it in this conversation, though. Because it's not my my song I would have picked from this movie. So maybe somebody who actually wanted uh, this. Hmm. Yeah, maybe somebody who, who voted for this one, maybe they should maybe try to fight for Beauty and the Beast here. Nah, are you already seating? Yeah. We have not heard from our fourth host. What was the first one seed to fall out? What do you mean? Um, of the brackets this year. Oh, um, like actual college basketball? This is like when somebody is, a team that isn't that good is seated way too high. <laughs> This is the upset that shouldn't really be an upset. Well, do you want to you want to try to support Beauty and Beast here? I mean, are we really picking we don't talk about Bruno because of recency bias, or are we picking it because it's actually the better song? We're picking it because it has the ensemble cast in it. It ha- it actually moves the plot forward. Okay. Yes, more so than Beauty and the Beast. Didn't we already know Bruno had his issues? Like, does this really tell us anything new? So you're picking the baby shark of 2022. <laughs> it gives us specific examples, I think, of something that the plot already communicates. We know going into the song that Bruno has messed some things up, but we don't know what, what, and we don't know why. We don't understand why the family members feel this way until they really just lay it all out for her. This is basically them just saying, like, okay, here's here's the deal. Like messed up our wedding, killed our fish, et cetera, et cetera. Like it Ooh, like yeah. establishes why they're so angry. Right. You made that guy go bald. You made that guy go bald, exactly. Except it also works on that kind of other other level too, because the audience is seeing this and be like, well, that's not his fault. And so it like works in the audience's favor too, because it's the movie telling you, actually, Bruno's probably fine. The family members are just bitter, and there's probably something else happening why Bruno got pushed out of the, of the family. And turns out that's exactly what happens for the rest of the movie. It explains why that happened. I don't know, man. Whereas Beauty and the Beast is just their lovey-dovey. But that song, I mean, like, what is the point of this? 
So that brings into the second term. So you're comparing them as songs first and then comparing them to the legacy that they're going to leave. And this, I think, is where Beauty and the Beast actually has the advantage. Are you kidding me? Like, we're not going to care about We Don't Talk About Bruno in like two years. But you like, might everybody be right. still talks about this lowly 16 seed. I mean, <laughs> this movie's been remade a million times. There's a hundred reasons why that is the better song. I mean, yeah, this is where this is the half where this does have a huge advantage. I mean, just the scene itself is so iconic and so representative of not only Beauty and the Beast, but Disney's renaissance in is encapsul encapsulated in this scene. It's Disney saying, we have CG now. We have computer animation now. Welcome to it. Be a tale as old as time. <laughs> is it fair to say that this scene kind of pushes over? No, sorry, no. No, nope, I'm not gonna say it. I know what the scene is. I would say, is this the scene that pushes it over at the edge to the um, best picture scene? But it's not, it's the, the shot at the end with the transformation that had to be redone five different times in test screenings. Yeah, that's true. But, but I think this was one of the things that really moved people in that test screening though. That's, that's interesting that you brought that up because when we're talking about legacy, one of the big legacy pieces of Beauty and the Beast is not only the Best Picture nomination, but also that test screening you're talking about when they showed early animatics to critics and they still freaked out. This scene, when it was shown incomplete, black and white with wireframe animation in the background, was still enough to like really move people. And nobody's going to be moved by we don't talk about Bruno. You're right. In like it's a different show. kind of emotional response. Like and it's I an think... annoying kid song response. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the baby shark of this like year period. Wow. Someone Bruno hate. <laughs> <laughs> You're part of the Bruno hate. Part one of it. You know what? <laughs> I don't think it's the best song from I. Okay, I think Beauty and the Beast is the best song from Beauty and the Beast. And I think, and I don't think that Bruno is the best song from Encanto, I but <laughs> I think that Bruno is, is better in this than Beauty and the Beast. But we already I, had that discussion in the last <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but I think the tough part is, is that, yeah, we're ranking basically two very different songs. So the first part is basically really unfortunate because the first part, yes, it does advance the story better more than Beauty and the Beast. But if this is the Disney song bracket, then we'd have to decide basically what we're weighing more, the Disney part or the song part? Because that's ultimately what this question is, right? And Beauty and the Beast is gonna be more Disney because it's, very, it's so iconic of the era in which they were the most powerful. Well, and in 20 years, we can have this discussion again and see where, where Bruno has aged. Bruno is. <laughs> You're right. You're right. It's very hard because to look hard at. It's hard to know. We're not going to know that answer. Yeah, we're not going to know. In 20 years, the kids that are like kids now are going to be like in their 20s and whatever the new TikTok is. Then, <laughs> and Bruno's going to come back around and they're all going to be dancing to Bruno because they're going to be like, remember when we were kids and this was our jam? Like, Although the kids are going to be named Bruno. I will say one thing, though, it, that, that sucks for Beauty and the Beast, and this is not Beauty and the Beast's fault, but the fact that that live action remake exists 
really puts a smudge on it because future kids, those same kids are going to be like, oh yeah, the one I grew up with. And it's not this one. And it's unfortunate. So. Hmm. But does that hurt the legacy? A little bit because the song is because the song is the same song regard but but in the other movie that's the thing is with when they did it redid it with all the same songs in it that's the risk you take is like okay now they lived their own life separate from the original context and then they were in which is unfortunate for it that being said i'm going to say that i'm leaning more towards beauty and the beast now in this conversation because i think it has the legacy in the back just the fact that that scene is so important to the evolution of animation makes it really hard for me to fight for Bruno at least in that part so while I will admit Bruno advances the plot better than Beauty and the Beast does and that's very important for a musical score Beauty and the Beast is probably the more Disney of the two and I think for the purposes of this bracket that might be what we're looking for I agree. Oh, if that's what we're <laughs> looking for, then whatever song you thought was going to win is definitely not going to win. I don't know. That's what the, we're ha- are having these arguments for. If somebody wants to fight against me, against that point, please do. I vote yes on Beauty. Oh, no. See, I stated all my <laughs> points for We Don't Talk About Bruno. Yeah, same. I heard uh, them. They were well, we have, we have four of us. We, we have four of us. We can put this to a vote. Yep. So I vote Bruno. Matt votes Beauty and the Beast. I vote Beauty and the Beast. I vote Bruno. Okay. We need a tiebreaker then. We want to switch the vote. So I have a question. What is the tiebreaker then, Mr. Bracket Maker? Let's establish it. Mike, come up with a tiebreaker. Because if the tiebreaker is what's the more Disney of the two, then... Yeah, Beauty and the Beast wins the Disney legacy. Yeah, like, is the legacy more important than the song? That would be, what has it been in the past? Yeah, I think personally, I think that it is. But, Mike, as the other media vote representative here, you need to chime in and say what you think. Ah, you're going to make me switch my vote, aren't you? I'm not going to make you switch anything. I'm just saying that we need to establish this now so that way the rest of these don't take as long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the other ones won't take as long because this, these are two heavyweight hitters going against. Because, yeah, we need to identify basically what we're looking for. What is the song on the top of this list? I would wish it would be both is, the, is what I'm hoping for. But ultimately, in order to make these decisions, we will have to weigh one more than the other. Yeah, and I think ultimately it does come down to legacy. And that's where Beauty and the Beast has that extra push. It has the legacy. It has the Disney personified more so than we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, and it is mostly just because of age. And that's unfortunate for Bruno that it's so new that we just don't know yet. Oh, no. Are we going to take those exact same standings into our next bracket? Oh, no. How far I'll go and when you wish upon a star. Oh, no. How far I'll go. Done. How far I'll go. Done. Well, let's talk about it first. <laughs> uh, when you talk about legacy here, if you talk I about Disney legacy. Bruno. 
When you when wish upon a star, upon a star from it's literally the theme song of the corporation. Yeah. No. It's on every VHS tape, DVD, and Blu-ray they've made since the 80s. Since the 80s. Well, that's great, but um... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just don't want to dismiss it outright because it is very important. I think uh, we're all. I think the this um, voting cast is all very Moana biased too. Yes, we are very we Moana all, biased. Yeah, that's why. This that's is why I'm unfair. trying to. I'm trying this to avoid the. Yeah, I want to try to avoid the bias a little bit here and at least talk about When You Wish Upon a Star because I think that there is an argument to be made. So when talking about them just as songs before we get into legacy, because that's a whole nother conversation. As songs, yeah, How Far I'll Go, very important to the plot of Moana. It's the want song, it establishes her character, it's what she wants, and it's also very cool. Like, it's probably my favorite of the modern, like, CG era want songs. It's perfect. And the reprise is even better. When you wish upon a star, though, whereas it's more like table setting, it literally brings you into Pinocchio. It establishes the theme of the movie more so than the character motivation. And it also establishes the theme of Disney movies to come. It's basically a mission statement, as I talked about in one of the previous podcasts we did here. It's a mission statement for everything that Disney movies stand for, right? It's you wish, wish on things that'll come true. You hope for something, it'll happen. Like the kind of the magic of Disney is summarized in this song. And that's also part of like what moves the plot of Pinocchio forward to what starts it with the Blue Fairy coming in and talking to Geppetto that you've done such a good thing, mm -hmm. making all these toys, bringing children happiness that we want to bring you that grant you that happiness by wishing literally he wished upon the star and the blue fairy made his wish come true yeah where it kind of falters in comparison to moana though is the moana version of this is a much older and wiser disney as a corporation they now like they now make movies with less like oh yeah, just wish and it'll happen. It'll work out, trust me. It's more about hard work and determination. And there's actually actually a drive behind that wishing. So there's not, it's not like they've said, don't wish, don't hope. It's that they're saying on top of that, be proactive, work for what you want. I think you see that pivot happen in the Renaissance era. It goes full all the way in 2009 with Princess and the Frog, which is literally the entire movie is about you work hard to get what you want. And then in the CG era, they really like iron out like a good balance with it, with Moana and Frozen and Tangled, where it's like equal parts, hoping and wishing something will happen and also kicking ass to do it, which is important for, I think, kids, because that's a really good lesson, in my opinion, compared to a little weaker lesson in the older Disney films, which is, I don't know, magic will save you. <laughs> Or dad will save you, Little Mermaid. Yeah. See, uh, see my, my reference one, which I always bring up, which is Sleeping Beauty, the movie in which every problem is solved with magic. Yep, the cause of and solution to everything in that movie. Exactly. So yeah, so as much as like When You Wish Upon a Star is Disney personified, content-wise, I think How Far I'll Go has it, has it beat because it's just a better song and a better in a better movie, in my opinion. Don't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, but we're not comparing. Is Moana a better movie than Pinocchio? 
I know, I know we're not. I just wanted to sneak that in there. <laughs> Pinocchio's not bad. It's very, it's a, probably the best animation they ever did, but you know. Circa oh, hand-drawn animation. Oh yeah, it was the peak of the studio before the war, before the strike. Yep. So you had all of the top animators still at the studio with unlimited resources because of how much money Snow White had made. After that, budget cuts every single movie that followed. That's why Dumbo is so short. <laughs> like Bob Chapek. Yeah, well. Anyway, um, so yeah, then the second half for the legacy part, or does anybody have anything to say about the content of the songs? I mean, I can like see, okay, I guess you can kind of visualize when you wish upon the star, mm -hmm. but I can like see in my brain Moana when she's yeah. singing it, like the beautiful ocean, the colors. It's so vibrant and memorable that that matters too, I think. It does, yeah. but that's also part of the story uh, that how far ago is story driven, it's driving the story. Like I said, it's really the want song, whereas when you wish upon a star is the opening. It's played over the opening credits. It's opening to the storybook. It's opening on Jiminy Cricket saying, singing, when you wish upon a star. And you turn to the audience, breaking the fourth wall, by the way, and saying, yeah. do you want to know how I know that's true? Well, let me tell you a little story. I was thinking about that recently because I was thinking about like, was Jiminy Cricket doing the Adam McKay thing way before Adam McKay? <laughs> <laughs> He's constantly looking at the camera and being like, wow, what's happening here? You're probably wondering how I got here. Exactly, yeah. It was the first time <laughs> you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> Record scratch, freeze frame. <laughs> um, I don't know, Mike. I don't think that's a strong argument. <laughs> oh, that's not an argument. That's just facts. <laughs> or all right well that's a side i think moana gets definitely gets the point here for the first round yeah for legacy though it's harder i think when you wish upon a star being literally the song with this disney's go-to to represent their entire brand it's hard to argue for moana for legacy and we're not going to talk about legacy for every single song. There's only certain songs like Beauty and the Beast, like When You Wish Upon a Star, where it has, boom, legacy, in your face, Disney. You automatically associate it with it. However, that generational thing, I think, is going to kick in here. And I think that what how, how Far I'll Go represents in the larger scheme of things is that pivot in Disney theme. And I do think it's a more modern equivalent of what When You Wish Upon a Star was trying to do. Um, but also, it's only a, it's a movie that came out in the last decade, which makes it harder to, again, just like with Bruno, it makes it harder to judge that quite yet. There's no, you know, land in the park dedicated to it. There's no ride. There's no Moana ride, even though there should be. Oh, my God, that would be amazing. But there is every kid still wearing Moana stuff. That is true. Eight years later, seven years later, was it 2016? Like, yeah, you know, 2016. Yeah. Sounds right. I have a Moana romper. I mean, infiltrated <laughs> my clothing. Yeah. Yeah. But here's something that Pinocchio's done that Lin Manuel has not done won the Oscar. 
Oh my god. For best original song. You will. <laughs> when you wish upon a yeah, star. One. Should have won. Yeah. It won in our hearts. <laughs> Too late. Already happened. When you wish upon a star won the 1940 Academy Award yeah. for best original song. Pinocchio also won. It also won original score the same year. Moana did not. Yeah. <sighs> That's tough. When you bring into award, awards into this, though, it's going to be really hard because we probably could just... 80 years ago. Yeah, also 80 years ago. I yeah, think we, we can, could we can, uh, chill on that. Though. After last night, we can especially say there's a lot of issues with the Academy, and maybe we shouldn't be bringing it into the conversation. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gold statue is a gold statue. Yes, so. Um, or something. So I guess for this, I guess we'll have to go to a vote again because I'm. Yeah, it has. Because when you watch Fun Star, absolutely hands down wins the legacy conversation. Not even a ch- not even a question. But Moana has got a stronger song. It is a stronger song song. So all we can really do is go to vote. Moana. Moana. It's three for Moana. I think I'm going Moana as well, Mike. Oh, no. See, I'm going Pinocchio because we established that it's about the legacy. Jake. Legacy right. vote. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying, though. Oh, you hypocrites. No, it's not oh. hypocritical. It's me saying that it's so much of a like a better song. I think it's just the stronger. It's just my, like, yeah, it's a stronger song. It's also not a tie. <laughs> it's also not a tie, so we don't need the tie. I know it's not a tie. Speaking of things that will definitely not be a tie. <laughs> this will be the one of the greatest criminal mind versus a dream is a wish your heart makes. I mean, I said it the previous podcast. I'll say it again. Everything that we moved ahead in the 60s, 70s era, the kind of dark ages of Disney, are probably going to be eliminated in this first round. And I realized that when I was making it, it's true. It was not a great time for the studio. They were not on working on their like in their full to their full capacity. It's very hard to even make a single argument against something from Cinderella, one of the most important Disney films ever. Yeah, yeah this is not even a conversation. <laughs> no, we'll have the Cinderella conversation in the next round. Yeah, yeah. I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> the dream is a wish your heart makes moves on. Yep. Um, also from that era, so, everybody wants to be a cat versus I know it's, under the sea. I know it's really easy to just hand it to under the sea here, but let's just talk about a broke brief moment how catchy everybody wants to be a cat is. Catchy. It's catchy. Cat. It's fun. Cat. Yeah, catchy. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, that song, more or less, kind of makes that film because otherwise, pretty yeah. boring film. It's the only thing anybody remembers from it. It's a destination film. That's not true. What do you remember from Arifica? Besides Thomas O'Malley? We are Siamese. That's not from that movie. What? That's, that's Lady of the Tramp. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I hated all the, the ones about animals when I was a kid. I didn't watch any. I hated talking animals. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, kid were you. I only like people. I was very, I was like, I only want to see people. I don't like animals. Now oh, wow. Um. <laughs> what, like Pooh Bear. Did you like Lion King? <laughs> Lion King was like fine. Yeah. 
Um, I like Pooh Bear because he was a stuffy. Pooh Bear is not a real animal. I'm He's a stuffy. stuffy. You're right. Robin Hood is <laughs> not animals. Stuffy animal. Yeah, they're called stuffies. Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. We need to vote for this. When you were a child, did you call it a stuffed animal or a stuffy? Stuffed animal. Stuffed animal, no. but I like animal. stuffy. I know, but the little ones nowadays <laughs> call them stuffy. They do? Yes, every child that I see is like, this is my stuffy, or I have a stuffy at home. Wow. I had a lot of beanies. Does that? Count? Yeah, we have beanies, beanie babies. Wait, is stuffy a brand? No, that's just what they call stuffed animals now, little ones. <laughs> I like stuffy, but anyway, under the... I called them stuffed animals as a kid, too, but I call them <laughs> stuffies now because that's what the kids call them. So anyways, under the sea moves on. Yes. <laughs> After all that. And all we'll right. talk about under the sea in the next round. Yes, we will. But, all right. Oh, no. Bring out your gloves. Oh, boy. Oh. Colors of the wind. Versus this one is tear, a bare necessity. It's tearing my heart in two. Oh, this one's tight. I, I know. I have a favorite. I have one that I think is better than the other. Okay. But I want to hear what you guys have to say. Okay. My immediate thought for content of the song. Colors of the Wind is really good in this cat in this part of the category because I think that. Like we talked about in the last round, it talks about like both of the motivations for both Pocahontas and John Smith gets everything on the table and is basically Pocahontas saying to John Smith, this is it. This is the deal. This is what I care about. You're in or you're out, essentially. And it throws the, the rest of this movie into motion because it's basically like from here on out, John Smith's mind is changed. And that changes the trajectory and it changes the relationship between the natives and the, the colonizers. Even though the movie then hedges on that and basically says, I don't know, aren't they both kind of bad? And then it's like, you can just throw the whole plot into garbage at that point. But anyway, <laughs> but for that brief moment during Colors of the Wind, it seems like we're on the right track. And it's a beautiful song, with beautiful imagery. The, like, the watercolor stuff is amazing. It's just firing all cylinders. But you could also make the same argument for the Bare Necessities, which is a banger. It's so catchy. It all establishes the character of Baloo immediately. You get his whole thing from this song. And it's him being like this father figure to Mowgli, being like, nah, this is what, how to live life, man. This is what it is. Just be like me. Relax. Ro float down the river. Pick this pawpaw. You know, it's fun. It's if, something that colors the wind is not, which is fun. Like it's not quite fun. Bare necessities is fun. If Bagheera is meant to represent the straight-laced dad, this is what you're gonna do. Right. Baloo in this song represents the the Funkel. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's being presented with two paths here, kind of similar to John Smith in a way, except. Colors of the Wind is very biased. Like, and they're both, I guess they're both very biased towards one of these paths. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're both trying to persuade the main character mm -hmm. to go in one direction from the other. That's why this is such a hard matchup for me is because I feel like they're both very good in both of these categories. Because I think they're both in very good in con content and pretty good in legacy. I mean, Bare Necessities has the age advantage here. And Pocahontas has the disadvantage of being attached to 
what most people in the modern age feel like is a failure of a movie is a bomb and puts a little bit of more baggage in, in Pocahontas's corner, even though they're very effective at what they do. Is that just because it was following the Lion King? And that not just because the it Lion followed. King? It, just, not just because of that. Obviously, there's cultural baggage um, that make it a little harder to fight for now. But yeah, it doesn't certainly didn't hurt, didn't help it that it was following the bit, the most money that they ever made in a single movie. <laughs> Definitely didn't help. Ah, I don't know. Anybody else has have anything to say about these two songs against each other? I got two words: Disney karaoke. Yeah. One of these songs is a guaranteed Disney karaoke go-to song. It's definitely more of a staple than the other, for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also way easier to sing in karaoke. <laughs> you don't have to have the pipes like you do with Colors of the Wind. Wait, what? I thought he was talking about... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, was that just a Rorschach test? <laughs> no, we're talking about Bear Necessities there, right? I thought yes. he was... Yeah, oh, I thought it was like Disney karaoke, and I was like, hell yeah, colors of the wind. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Well, then I guess I stand corrected. Maybe it's not as easy and clear cut as I thought. Hmm. I mean, I would much rather sing colors of the wind at karaoke. I mean, me too, <laughs> but we're not the average person, I don't think. Judy Cune all day, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Judy Cune. <laughs> Cute shout out. <laughs> I don't even know who plays Baloo. I mean, yeah, he's probably not alive anymore. Not Judy Cune, so why bother? <laughs> anyway, anybody want to say anything in Colors of the Winds uh, support here? Yeah, it's great. Oh, it has the better lyrics by far. Oh, well, yeah, Stephen Schwartz. more musical lyrics. But that's the better play on words. Yeah. I, I like all the 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 triple P, um, yeah. at you. Now that you say that, yeah, they both do have some great lyrical moments. So it's interesting because bare necessities. I missed this part of the previous podcast, mm-hmm. but we nixed Hakuna Matata. Yeah, on the same grounds that we would probably nix bare necessities because Color of the Wind actually has something to do with the plot. That is true. That is and true. Hakuna, and it's yeah. it's the feel-good fun song, which is fine, but like I don't know. I'm just yeah. pointing College that of out. the Wind has the more deeper meaning within its own film. Yeah. It technically has the deeper meaning outside of its own film as well, just listening to the lyrics. I don't want to dismiss Bare Necessities. I think Bare Necessities compared to Hakuna, Hakuna Matata, though, like they are very similar in what they're trying to do in both of their movies. Um, but I think the the one difference I might say is, in it is that it's not super like Simba. Whereas Simba is is whereas Mowgli is literally being basically pulled in two directions when this song happens. Simba is not really. Simba is basically given up on his previous life and is embracing Hakuna Matata because it's the only thing now he knows. It's basically now it's like this is how we live now. Like, they're both songs about I'm learning how these people live and I'm learning to live with it. 
but the Lion King then has the extra, like the extra mile there at the like at the, the second part of the movie, which is basically like the reminder, the wake up call, which is like, oh shoot, none of this is right. You could still say that Mowgli is at least keeps some of the bare necessities lessons in mind through the rest of the jungle book. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of like an actual hero's journey, the bare necessities is the hero confronted with his own like mortality. Stretch. In the story, he's on his way to the village and he's presented with the choice of do I go to the village or do I stay in living in the jungle with Baloo? Yeah. That's the, Baloo trying to okay. convince him to stay in the jungle. Fair enough. And that's, I think, what I was getting at, right? Is that it's a decision for Mowgli. It's not really a decision for Simba at that point. Well, yeah. and I didn't even go that far into it. I'm just saying <laughs> like, we nix, yeah. we nix. Hakuna Matata from this bracket ironically for, in favor of Colors of the Wind Yeah, for this reason. Yeah. So are we voting Colors of the Wind? I, yeah. Maybe we should do a vote at this point because like, maybe we are split. I'm not split. I say Colors of the Wind. Alright, that's one for Colors of the Wind. I do too, actually. Which, okay. yeah. Mike, where you land? Where do I land? Oh, wow. Colors of the Wind. Wow. Okay. I guess I'm an island. So, uh, Colors of the Wind goes through. Wait, are you on an island on Bare Necessities? Yeah. I was going to, I was going to say Bare Necessities just for the, the legacy. But yeah, I know. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Do we, we don't even legacy. need to do this one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We have uh, <laughs> yeah. Edina Menzel. Versus Billy Joel. Sorry, Billy Joel. It was nice to have you here, but bye. How did he even vetoed. make it this far? What's wrong with you people? Again, everything from that era sucks. <laughs> it's Billy Joel. It's Oliver and Company. It's a hot piece of animation. <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah, next. Let it go clearly has to move ahead because it's let it go. <laughs> Anyways, speaking Ooh. of Frozen... Oh. Into the onion. <laughs> I don't think this is as I don't think this is gonna be hard. The whole new world is Aladdin. It's got the legacy. I feel like it's, it's so important. It's got the karaoke abilities. Too. It's got Mike the karaoke. Mike and I have duetted that many. Yeah. <laughs> it's an easy one to do with. And Into the Unknown has the unfortunate unfortunate uh, place as being the thing that followed Let It Go. You can't let it go when it comes to Disney ballads and so I think that Into the Unknown tries to recapture that magic and it doesn't quite do it the so Chris it may Stop be the song, song would it be a whole new world though it's great but yeah it's not a whole new world a whole new world is a whole different class unfortunately and I think it definitely beats them to the unknown here I mean I'm not arguing you're right yeah it, it Into both. the Unknown is the let it go 2.0 yeah but you can never reach the height of something like that. It's just, yeah, it, it works in the movie that's in. It's very affecting song in the context of the film. And I do really like it. It's got cool moments. And I do like that atonal kind of recurring sound that happens throughout it. But it's not Let It Go. So it doesn't have the legacy of that. And then like A Whole New World beats it in both categories. Because to me, it's not just the legacy song. It's also like, it really establishes their relationship. It's what Beauty and the Beast is, except better in my mind, because they're able to do the big effects shot 
at the same time as they're really engaging in what they're falling in love with each other over and what the opportunity is ahead that are ahead of them. It's them literally being like, no, I have the ability to show you stuff you've never seen before, get you out. And she's excited about it because Jasmine's like, I have been cooped up my entire life. I want to be out here with you. I want to be out doing things I've never done before. I want to go on this adventure with you. So it's more than just a love song, which is why like, it's probably one of the best Disney songs. It has, I think it has promise in this bracket is all I'm saying. Matt, save your ammo. There's more brackets to talk about. <laughs> I know, I know. Just saying. Anyway. Anyways, the last of the <laughs> round one brackets. Damn. All the animal things. Chicken animals. Christy no, and her animals. And the stuffies. <laughs> we have the wonderful thing about Tiggers versus Cruella DeVille. Uh, I feel like this is not going to be hard for any anybody but me. <laughs> yeah. I I was a strong proponent for Tigger here because oh. in the last round because it is it, at least iconic to me. Like when you think of the character Tigger, this is what I think about. And it's extremely catchy and it's such a fun song and it's just it's that character in a nutshell. And I I don't know. It's just very memorable to me. Cruella de Vil, though. about both of these songs. They're both super short. That is true. They're both at, right about the same length of a minute and a half. And Cruella de Vil, though, has kind of had a life of its own beyond 101 Dalmatians. I mean, it's followed the character Cruella de Vil in every reuse of that character they've used that character in so many other contexts and not just the recent movie like she was also a villain in like other disney properties just because she was a good useful villain that they could use are you talking about disney's house of mouse i am talking about house of mouse the oft-forgotten 2000s attempt at doing a disney show like an animated mickey mouse show yeah um it's also the first uh, villain song where Disney gave the villain their own song. Uh, she doesn't sing it. She doesn't. Well, not really because she doesn't sing it. It's sung about her. It's sung about her. But you still like giving her her own song. You don't count that for any other Disney villains before that. Yeah, I mean, as much as I like Tigger, I don't think he can play. Because Cruella de Vil has just so much more use. Like, they've, they've really stretched the end of the song beyond the, like, oh, the guy just writes a song about her because he likes her name. Like, it really established, it has, like I said, it's had a life way beyond the film. I mean, I said my piece about having a song about Tigger. <laughs> be representative of a movie about Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's not necessarily just about Winnie the Pooh, though. It's about the cast of characters that surround him. Yes, it's the many adventures of He is in that movie. It's the many adventures of him. It's just that movie, get ready, it's your favorite thing and our favorite topic for this week is a series of vignettes. <laughs> But it's that song, like Winnie the Pooh. Is that song not in that movie? It is in that song. It is in that movie, but because it's not sung by a character, it's not eligible for this bracket. Oh, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, I our, do. Our old diegetic friend. 
Also, I do believe that it would also not qualify because it predates that film, because there were Winnie the Pooh shorts that were produced by Disney that had that song in them before the feature film. Right, <laughs> whatever. Anyway. But go on. Anybody have anything in support of Tigger, or are we all going for Cruella here? I think we're all going with Cruella. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> all right. Round one complete. Are we ready oh, no. for round two? Oh, no. I think we're ready for round two. I don't know. We got some bangers here. This is going to be hard. I think we just already weeded out all the weak ones. We did. By that, I mean the um, 60s to 89 era. Yeah, <laughs> we really did. So let's deep dive into <laughs> Beauty and the Beast versus How Far I'll Go. Biases everywhere. <laughs> who wants to who wants to start? I feel like I've been talking too much. How far I'll go. Good. <laughs> I mean, if we just jump jump straight into what is legacy. For Disney here, it's Beauty and the Beast, but we have to like start going into more than that now. Yeah, we've established both of their strengths. How Far I'll Go is probably the ideal want song. It's got a lot of action to it. It's got a lot of motion to it. Some emotion to it too. Great lyrics, great songwriting. But Beauty and the Beast has that CG shot. It's important for the studio long-term. It's catchy. Both are catchy. <laughs> uh, I don't know. This is hard. It's like, I mean, if there's a negative to Beauty and the Beast, it's the same negative I brought up last time, which is it doesn't really advance the plot. And I think here is where that really kicks it a little bit be, uh, compared to Moana. I think that's maybe because the, otherwise they're pretty similar in my heart. But the one thing that Moana has an advantage here, how far I'll go, is there's half something happening. By the end of that song, that character is doing something that they didn't do at the beginning of that song. Right. That's the one thing. Uh... I really like about how far it goes that it is action-based. There is something happening. There's movement more than just dancing in a ballroom. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast Squad, let's hear from you. Silence because Moana is doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody hey, has hey, anything I to said, say. I said put your bias out of here. Because if Beauty and the Beast loses here, it dies here. Well, you know, it would ever be a surprise. Okay. I'm ready to argue Christy's better song argument when we don't talk about Bruno. How okay. Far I go, I'll Go is actually a better song. Yeah, it is. Period. Like, it's actually a better song. It furthers the plot, which is important to some people. And... <laughs> important for musical. Important for the film. <laughs> 
for yeah. some people. It's important for the film. You know what? Sometimes it's just a good. Sometimes it's just a catchy. Howard Ashman is circling around in his grave right now. <laughs> well, I'm not saying neither are bad, but like Moana is amazing. No, yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm just, I just am surprised. Like there was so much power for View of the Beast going into this, but yeah, I guess it really just can't compete. Because it's the best song in that movie. Yeah. But compared to other things, it's kind of a bummer. I don't even think it's the best song in that movie, but that's my thing. And we tried to argue for it. Remember that one? I know. But anyway, okay, it sounds like How Far I'll Go has the hearts and minds. So I guess we have a winner. <laughs> oh, don't worry. It'll die in the next round because oh, we no. have to decide between A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes and Under the Sea. Now, both of these songs we didn't talk about much in the previous round. Right. So here's yeah, where we get to here. talk about them. Okay. Um, Here's what my gut says. A dream is a wish your heart makes less catchy. Well, fairly catchy, but less, less, um, probably, and the age has a lot to do with this and genre has a lot to do with this. I think of the two, I would rather listen to Under the Sea. It's more fun. That being said, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes is the Cinderella song. It's the light motif through the entire movie. It's also used a lot in the parks and in a lot of other Disney content. It has a little bit of a legacy to it. However, Under the Sea also has that Oscar win because Mike seems to think that counts. <laughs> Part of the pun, but legacy here about being played in the park is kind of a wash. Yeah, I'm only doing that because I got some passive aggressive darts thrown towards me too. So I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm even them, even in the mouth. <laughs> it wasn't for me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so yeah, like <laughs> I had to say it's like yeah, it's more fun and it's more contemporary, but a dream is to wish your heart makes is is that classic Disney feel. Now as for what it actually does in the movie, I think Under the Sea also has an argument there as well, because Under the Sea is a really good establishment of that it's, it's similar in a way to Bare Necessities. It's that, okay, here's what life is here. Are you sure you don't want to leave, Ariel? Look how perfect it is. I'm going to prove to you basically how great and fun it is under the sea. You should just stay here. Dream is a wish your heart makes is similar to Wish Upon a Star not only because they're both about wishes, but also it's because it's the movie basically saying, all right, this movie's about wishes. This is what Cinderella wants to do. She has, she'd like to get out of this situation, but uh, I don't know, magic might help, <laughs> as opposed to Under the Sea being a little bit more directed, like directive, like there's an action to it. And again, the problem that we're seeing a lot when we have a modern song versus a classic song is that over time, Disney storytelling shifted. And you see that shift, especially around the Renaissance period, where it stopped being just about wishing it'll come true and more about actually do something, make a decision. The protagonist has to become proactive now. So it's hard to really compare that part because it was just different eras, different expectations for storytelling. I mean, all right, I'll go back to my film 101 course. Anyway, does anybody want to <laughs> say something? <laughs> I mean, if 
I look at these two songs and is Cinderella iconic because of this song or is Cinderella iconic because of the character? At this point, it's more the character than the song. Whereas Under the Sea, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you think of all of the characters. Yeah. I, that's the iconic part of that. Like, that like is the movie. Yeah. Basically. I don't know if that's the right word to say, but. No, you're, you're right. You're right. The song in the way has been lost in the shuffle as it's not the identifier anymore for what Cinderella is. Cinderella now, I think if anybody remembers, especially from our generation, recalls the movie cinderella it's the last slippers it's the pumpkin carriage it's the it's the it's the, it's the nonsense song it's boo yeah you're right it's not the stronger song which is why it didn't make it on this bracket but you're right it's important to the movie that it is in but is it the thing that people think of when they think of cinderella anymore maybe not of course you're asking a bunch of people in their 30s this i wonder if you ask somebody who was, say, in their 50s, maybe that would be different. This might be different between generational lines. And that may be where we eventually draw our line here is this 30-something generational line. Yeah, and, and there's no avoiding it. There's no avoiding our generational bias. There's movies that we grew up with here. There's movies we didn't grow up with here. And the classic ones are going to have a harder time, I think, as much as I will try to argue for some of them, I feel like it's going to be an uphill battle. Uh, just because we have nostalgia for what we have nostalgia for, and that's going to affect a lot of it. And there's nothing wrong with bias. It exists. Except when your bias is wrong. <laughs> in this case, though, I'm going to say that I'm pretty safe in saying that the bias is correct. I feel like all the points we've brought up about Under the Sea feel right. And I'm okay with that moving ahead. Okay. Um, next one we're going to do is... <laughs> Easy. <laughs> a Whole New World versus Cruella DeVille. I'm sorry, Cruella. I'm so sorry. But you just don't hold a candle. Right. I mean, as you said, like, when you're... The song's being sung about you and you're not even doing the singing. Yeah. Big point, not in your direction. <laughs> Next. It's important for what kind of it's had, like effect, like the life that it's had outside of the film. As for the song in the film, it's kind of just there. Whole New World is really way more important to the movie it's in, and also the like the the Disney Renaissance as a whole, and yeah, and the Disney Songbook. I think it's like way more important in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, Cruella Deville almost falls into the the Diddy chasm because it's so short. <laughs> you love talking about Diddy's. Let me some ditties. <laughs> oh my god. Next. <laughs> I do like the part in Cruella DeVille when he sings it though. Cause yeah. That's like he's giving you like tall skinny boy representation. He is giving me tall skinny boy representation. It's true. You don't see a whole lot of me. Not until we wouldn't see that until again until, from Disney until Atlantis. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, the great non-musical Atlantis. Yeah, that weird nerdy dude in Atlantis. Never seen it. I've never seen it either. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, a whole new world. A whole new um, world is ahead. Better than Cruella DeVille? Yes. Mm-hmm. Not an argument there. I don't think right. it would be, because we're going to spend all our time arguing. Are we? arguably be the champion. Okay. 
what I'll say right off the top between Colors of the Wind and Let It Go is these are surprisingly visually similar because you have, this is both like an effects showcase in both of these films. It's basically saying like, artists just go wild, make this look as crazy and cool as you want it to be, show like these, these characters in their element, literally, whether it's wind or uh-huh. ice. And like, and it's just such a cool moment in both these films, they're set piece moments. And lyrically, they're both really well-written and fun. But Let It Go doesn't have the baggage. Oh, do we have to bring the baggage into this? You do. With Pocahontas, anything with Pocahontas, it has to be part of the conversation. But then also with Let It Go, it might not be that old, but it has the legacy. Ironically enough, the older film does not. Pocahontas has more baggage than it does legacy at this point. And that's a lot of reasons for that. But Frozen doesn't. Frozen has the legacy already and it's barely, it's not even a decade old yet. Uh, Figure out who you ask. Frozen has the baggage of being super annoying. Oh. Yeah, no. Says the guy who wanted, we don't talk about Bruno. I said, figure out who you ask. If, if whoever says Lego is annoying, I don't want to be friends with them, is what I'll say. You made me watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you talked your way through it and sang every song. Yeah, as much as I love Steven Schwartz and Colors of the Wind, I don't think that it can compete with Let It Go. Let It Go is a juggernaut on this bracket. It's going to be really hard. To... And that's why Colors of the Wind can beat it. <sighs> no. Visually stunning. Literally it is visually stunning, but beautiful. so is Frozen. So is Frozen. That that moment, that Let It Go trailer that preceded the movie's release, I watched that like 15 times on YouTube because I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. This movie is going to be so good. <laughs> so, I don't know. Pocahontas had its A-team of animators on it. They did. They did, but Frozen has the A-team of the CG era on it. Mike's having a hard time. Similar of a film. Yeah, they're very. It's yeah. Visually, it is interesting that visually they are so similar. Yeah, and moment-wise, like and establishing character, it's they're it's weird that they met each other here because yeah, unfortunately, only one like the better one of these has to win. I think the Let It Go is the better, more evolved version of the same kind of thing. Without the baggage. Without the baggage of what Pocahontas is. Oh no, is the baggage actually going to drag down Colors of the Wind? I think we knew it would. As much I as I love it, admit it, as much as I was the champion for Pocahontas' score, and I will always will be, I will be defender of that forever, even with the baggage, I still can't, I still admit that that will be its downfall every single time. And uh, honestly, also, it would be a shame to see Let It Go end its road here. This is easily a, a, like a really hard one to beat in this bracket, and I think it has to move forward here. Hey, Cinderella stories happen all the time. Not in our bracket, because we dominate Cinderella. Except for Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, that was because Cinderella will not have a Cinderella story. <laughs> let it go, let it go. Yeah, it's let it go. Right. <laughs> just, just give it the point. And that's round two. That's round two? So now we're in the semis. 
semis, two CG films, two Renaissance films. Yeah, I figured this is how this was going to go. Bracket is my nightmare. <laughs> this, this is the nightmare. This is the nightmare this semis. Is the nightmare. But I knew it was going to be the nightmare semis because we need a nightmare finale too. All right, where do we want to start? Uh, we have to just start at the top, right? Oh, God. Okay. So here, here's where, um, pardon the phrase, pardon the screenwriting phrase, but yeah. fill your darlings. Yeah. I, and I'm going to, I'm going to come out swinging. How far I'll go advances the plot. It's a want song, which I'm always going to pick over the more fun number. I think Under the Sea is fun, but it has a little bit of baggage too. I think how far I'll go is the winner Just here. Just because there's a black fish a, in it doesn't mean that yeah, it's doing racist. A, oh, no. Okay. The way they drew that black fish is questionable. Yeah, but not in the song. You can't see her. You can, actually. Wait, are you calling out a black fish? Okay. So there... Hey Mike, do no, you want to pull up the lyrics in uh, of of um, no, you don't, under the sea for when us? You oh yes. To this song you can't see. Oh, when you fish. listen to the song by itself. Yeah. <laughs> but in the context think, of the film, you're looking at the image. But aren't you rating the song? We, yes, but we're also rating the imagery because we brought it up so much at this point that apparently it's part it's part and parcel of the song. Yep. We've talked about it, so that's already part of it. The blackfish sings. All it says is the blackfish sings. Yeah, but then the actual way they depict the fish is a little. Mm. She wears lipstick. She's a fancy fish. Right there, the blackfish sings. <laughs> Anyways. You the smelt. The smelt and the sprat. They know where it's at. Yeah, and the um, little fish blow. I've caught a lot of smelt in the old uh, animal crossing. <laughs> well, yeah, animal crossing. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, Under the Sea is fun, but like I said, I just, for me, if we're going to get brutal and we have to get brutal here, How Far I'll Go is, to me, the more iconic song for that movie, and it advances the plot better, and it's a cooler visual thing for me. There's a lot happening Under the Sea, but I don't think any of it is cool as the things that happen in How Far I'll Go. Oh, All right. Both cool visually. They're the two best yeah. movies. Yeah, I mean, I'm biased, but <laughs> you're biased because they're both water. -based. These are my two favorites. It's the water movies, yeah. <laughs> why did they have? Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> I know why did this happen? I'm being ripped movie? apart here. I don't. They, know. they would have met, met at some point in the bracket, probably. <laughs> Anyone else want to shoot their shot here? Under the Sea is a showstopper. Yeah, it's loud. It's bombastic. It's fun. It's also the song they play during the ride of The Little Mermaid. Is there a ride of Moana? No, there is but not. But there should be. There is not. And even if it was, it wouldn't be how far I'll go. It'd be you're welcome. No, no, no. It would be how far I'll... It would be shiny. It would no. probably be We Know the Way, but that's another Yeah, it would be probably We Know the Way. You're right. Yeah, it'd be We Know the Way. Exactly, which is a better song than How Far I'll Go, which is why it should have been on here. No, it's not. How you again? It. again? No, it's not. We're not really litigating this. Honestly, everything in Moana is perfect. But yeah, it's great. Story. Okay. But so, the legacy of Under the Sea. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, and this is hard for me to say because I love Moana, but that's to, something to consider I, too. 
Yeah, when it comes to legacy, it is the older movie, which automatically gives it an advantage. It's also very significant when talking about like the Disney Renaissance era. Um, oh boy. So if that's yeah, I mean that's that's a fair argument. That's a fair argument. Moana's a hard one to argue for legacy. It, like I said last time, it's a very hard one because of how new a film it is. And it just didn't make as much as we would want it had wanted it to, it did not make the impact that Frozen did. Well, I will say that the animation for Under the Sea Frozen at the moment. I know, I'm just saying that that is unfortunately, it's not as easy just to say as it is for Frozen. Like, oh, I mean, it became basically an instant classic. Unfortunately, nothing for Moana did. Maybe to us, but not to not in the grander scheme of things. Well, my vote is how far I'll go. I mean, are we are we moving to vote? I'm not moving to vote yet. This is so hard. It is hard. (laughs) It's hard. It's the more colorful of the two. There's a lot more hand-drawn animation going on. Are you trying to talk me into it? There's a lot more (laughs) fish. There's a lot more (laughs) action in Under the Sea than the. Let's talk about that. Is how far I'm going to vote about which song has more fish. Okay, let's talk about. Let's talk about the themes of the song real quick then. Let's talk about like thematically what they're trying to do. So how far I'll go. Obviously. How far I'll go is her being rebellious. Yeah, Moana trying to get break out of this of the the, the the village and do her own thing, go beyond the reef, go on her adventure. And this is her establishing like, who knows like how how far, but I have a feeling I'm gonna go far because I believe in myself kind of moment. Under the sea, meanwhile, like I said earlier, Sebastian saying, hey, Ariel, you may think you want to go up uh, up there, but look how great it is here. I'm going to show you everything that's so wonderful about this place. But of course, the audience, there's a little bit of dramatic irony there, though, because the audience knows, but there's also a lot of reasons why she can't stay, because she, as a teenage girl, needs to, as part of growing up, have that moment where she separates herself from her controlling father. So it's like that got that a little extra like layer to it thematically of being like, you know, she's gonna do it because that's what rebellious teenage girls do. In fact, you could say the same thing about Moana in that song too, because you know, regardless of what the rules are, she's gonna do it. We saw like radio lyrics right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so torn. Yeah, yeah, they do. They're they're covering similar ground here, except different perspectives. Sebastian is trying to sell Ariel on not doing what she wants to do, and Moana is thinking about how she's basically going to do it. So, in the one song, "How Far I'll Go," it's talking about how Moana is unhappy. In I'm necessarily say, unhappy. Sebastian is trying to say the fish are happy here. Be happy with us. Yeah. I don't read Moana's emotion at the beginning of that song as unhappy. I think she's just restless. Is it unhappy? No, I think she. It's. I think it's less. It's not unhappy. It's like she. I she, wish I could be the perfect yeah, daughter. That sounds like an unhappiness to me. It's not necessary. I don't think that there's sadness there. Maybe unfulfilled. Yeah, unfulfilled. There's. There's knowing that there's something better that she can do to prove herself. The sea is calling her. Whereas Sebastian's like, 
Sebastian's trying to quell that in Ariel, trying to say like, no, don't even think about it because we're you're fine here. We need you here. Here's all the things that you're missing out if you leave, missing out on if you leave. Which is funny because Moana separates those into two different songs because this is basically the song uh, where where you are, which already has happened at this point. Uh, uh, they're so good. This one's killing me. Food. Yeah. Fricassee. Now we know. <laughs> I guess this, this, you have a, a song with fricassee in it. <laughs> I know. See, that's the kind of wordplay that I like in the song. <laughs> So we're supposed to vote for this because of fricassee. Yeah, <laughs> the surgeon and the ray get the urge to start and play. <laughs> I, I love the rhymage. Yeah, it's got great rhymes. The fluke is the Duke of Soul. Yes, the place plays the bass. The bass. Bass. The place play the bass. And the bass play the The bass, bass. play the brass. <laughs> so good. <laughs> They're good lyrics. Yeah. No There's a lot of fishy wordplay in here. A lot of fitty, fishy fun. Yeah. Howard Ashman's having fun here. Compared to the always serious uh, lyrics of Living Well here. <laughs> oh, God. They're just so different. There's other songs where he gets to, yeah, flex that fun muscle. This just happens to not be one of them. Yeah. So that is one place where they are not similar. You're right, is tone. Under the Sea is a lot more fun. It's more of a little festival. Whereas How Far I'll Go is not. It's very much like, no, I'm like showing you my emotions right now. This is what I'm feeling. Well, and then it's you need to consider what's more Disney. Yeah. So I think thematically, that's where thematically for me, I land again on How Far I'll Go over Under the Sea. Because to me, the Disney concept of like, like getting your wish, making your wish come true, the want song encompasses that to me. Whereas the anti-want song, you're under the seas, your bare necessities, your kuna matatas, are things, obstacles in the way of your protagonist from achieving that. So to me, the more Disney lesson is the, how, the lesson of how far I'll go the believing in yourself and committing yourself to your dream. So is Matt voting for how far I'll go? I am voting for how far I'll go. Because of that. All right, Christy also says she is. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I like all the fishy puns, the wordplay, under the sea. It has a lot of different flavors going for it. A little bit here, a little bit there. Even if it does have the little bit of baggage, you keep trying to attach to it. I only mentioned it once and then I dropped it. <laughs> I'm going to go with Under the Sea because I'm curious what the tiebreakers could be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not, that's no fun. Well, I'm leaning towards it slightly because of Legacy, but I love both of them very much. And y'all know that. All right. Do so you want to excuse yourself from voting? No, then? you can click under the sea. I want to know what the. No, it's a tie is. then. We need to figure out. But we already talked about like 
to me basically which one would you be more upset with like ending its run right here uh, how far i'll go honestly i because again i think part of your world is the better song from little mermaid so to me under the sea was never my horse. Song. it was never my horse in this race to start with so that's where i'm gonna be tilting would how far i go be that song in your brain no i don't think it would Ooh. i think it would have been part i think i would have had to picked part of your world here it was the original Watt song yeah yeah I, it's pretty perfect mm -hmm. and that's why I, that's why i was disappointed when under the sea moved forward but like i said we already had that battle right so. and that's why under the sea went for it because it was the big bombastic showstopper the one that gets played on the ride the one that immediately yeah. you point to and say yep that's a little mermaid yeah, and I'm not saying that wasn't a fair argument. It absolutely is. It's just in this battle, if we're really deciding what the most Disney of the two is, like I said, to me, the most Disney like part of this is the achieving your dreams part. That is what they've always stood for. And to me, how far I'll go does a better job song-wise of communicating that than Under the Sea does, because Under the Sea is literally a character preventing the other person from doing that. Or at least trying to. It's hard to argue the Disney legacy, though. Yeah. It's such I, a... I, as much as that thematically is in line with what Disney is now, I don't know. Yeah, but, this is, yeah, but what you're voicing is the stubbornness <laughs> of bias that that you have towards the song me it's not yeah. <laughs> i like both of them <laughs> yeah but if you have to choose between one and the other like i said which one would you want to see move on which one was the heartbreak if they get stuck here i mean let it go is gonna beat it anyway probably <laughs> <laughs> hey we'll get there it may not even win that 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 round. you'll see i don't know about that but <laughs> We need to pick one. We've been stalling here. Hey, I put my vote. I'm waiting for all y'all. <laughs> well, I voted too. I know, I but like we all we all voted. <sighs> I'm not changing my mind. How about what's your answer to the question Mike is proposing here, which is which one would you be more sad to see go? Or uh, I'll go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I still don't have an answer from like, Doctor. What is the point? Oh, we can probably do Moana. Uh, and she concedes. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. It's not really conceding when they're like your two favorite songs on the whole thing. Pick your favorite child and move on. <laughs> this is brutal. Come on, Sophie, make a choice. This is not fair. All right. Speaking of, now you know how Sophie, I felt. Make a Hold choice. On. Now you know how I felt. I'm yeah. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> oh no. All right. Let it go from Frozen and a whole new world from Aladdin. Let it go is a really cool moment. It's a really good encapsulation of Elsa's character. It's a really important uh, moment for her confidence in herself and reestablishing her identity. 
it, like I said, I watched that video a billion times because I thought it was the coolest thing even before I saw the movie. Then when I saw the movie, I liked it even more. Then I didn't mind that the song was everywhere because of how good it was. I think Adina Menzel's performance is great. There's so much in Let It Go's corner. Like it's such a strong entry, such a strong song. And it's got the legacy already to it. Basically became an instant classic when it came out. It's so popular and so universally loved. A Whole New World though, I could say probably all of those things remains true except I didn't watch it 15 billion times because I was two when it came out. <laughs> so it's a little harder for me to make that same argument. Um, but most of that also is true about A Whole New World. Plus it's got the extra layer to it, as I mentioned earlier, is it's a love song that's more than just a love song. It's a love song that doubles as Princess Jasmine finally getting her want. It's a payoff for her. It's a payoff in a way where she's finally being like pulled out of her existing cooped up lifestyle as the princess that she has established that she does not want. And she's given an opportunity here through Aladdin to escape it. A very tangible, real magic opportunity. Another thing I like about this is it combines that Disney magic in a more practical way where yes, it's magic, but it's magic with stakes. Aladdin, like Jasmine doesn't know all the stuff that Aladdin can do is temporary. And so there's extra like tension. Right, it is. I know, spoiler for the end of Aladdin. Um, <laughs> like, like Jasmine doesn't understand at the moment, but the audience does. So it's even more complicated this moment in the, in the movie is because you know, you know that like, None of this is actually real. This is only the temp, like there's the temptation of Jasmine to get what she wants, even though it could immediately fall apart because Aladdin will mess up and he ends up messing up. So it's just, it's got a lot of more layers than I think a lot of people give it credit for because on the surface level, it is a really cute love song that they sing to each other on top of, of the carpet. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm really split on this one because I feel like they're both very good ballads with really important meanings for the characters that are featured in them. There's a lot happening under the surface of both of these songs. Well, Let It Go is about what's happening underneath the surface and letting it out. Yeah. It's and his, yes, yeah. as you mentioned, it has the visuals. It has all that new CG technology of look what we can do with ice and shadow and reflection and mm -hmm. refraction and like literally building an ice castle yeah. out of the mountainside. It's also got a costume change and man, it's hard to beat a good costume change. <laughs> Especially when she lets her hair down. Iconic. <clears throat> the cold never bothered her anyway. It's true. That and then slams the door at the end. Is probably the ultimate duet, duet love song. Yeah. That Disney's ever put out. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. When you when you when you put them next to each other, it's really hard because when you're talking about karaoke night, these two are going to be guarantees. Disney karaoke. You're going to hear both of them before the night is over. Like, I don't know. I I do not know what to pick here. 
I'll tell you which one you pick. The one that was sung in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I haven't seen it, so I literally do not know. That was a whole new world. Oh. When they literally did karaoke night in the Marvel film, they sang a whole new world. You've sung both of these songs for karaoke. <laughs> yes, I did. And in Ted Lasso, they did Let It Go. Yeah. I have my answer. Okay, what's your argument? I have to have an argument, too. I can't just answer. Because it helps us all make up our minds, too. That's the whole point of this format. <laughs> I have two words for you people. All right. Adele Dazeem. <laughs> Get your means out of here. Our favorite, our favorite singer. <laughs> yes. Yes, I guess it does have, like, Let It Go is interesting. So that brings up a good point for Let It Go because Broadway has always been in the DNA of these Disney songs since the Renaissance started because of Howard Ashman's influence on the songwriting and et cetera, et cetera. We've already been over this. But something happened with Let It Go where it was like, no, actually, this is just straight up a Broadway song. Like, no, like, we're just going to write this for Adina Menzel like we've written songs, like, like songs have been written for Adina Menzel. They just basically were just like, hey, let's do something that's similar to what she did in Wicked. It's like, let's just give her something that's very in her wheelhouse, more or less. And that's what Let It Go is. So that's a good point. I didn't think of the Broadway tie here. But it is built from the ground up to be a show-stopping number. Yeah, I feel like it's more of a showstopper than a whole new world. It is. They're different. They're they're coming at different parts of the movies, and they're coming at for different reasons. Which is literally how Under the Sea lost. But that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. But I think the difference between these songs and Under the Sea, though is in both of these circumstances, it is the characters establishing what they want to do next and what they want from each other and what or what they want from themselves. Under the Sea is from a different perspective and it's, like I said, pushing against the protagonist one. Far I'll Go is a showstopper too. It, it is, absolutely. Just in a different way. It's earlier in the film. Look, I just like let it go more because there's no boys involved. <laughs> boys are stupid. <laughs> I agree. Even Aladdin, though? Like, yeah, he was never my favorite. Shirtless Aladdin on a carpet? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I mean, Jasmine. Yeah. Prop top Jasmine on a carpet? I mean, Jasmine versus Elsa. Can we even really talk about that? I don't know. That's tough. I mean, I like. I know well, who I'd pick, but anyway. <laughs> I guess they both have braids, but... Like, hey, well, one of those girls is going to give you the cold shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. One of those literally could, like, freeze the other in a block of ice. That's sexy. <laughs> I like the idea of maybe getting killed at any moment. You like the danger? Yeah. The danger you can theoretically die falling off a carpet. Yeah, <laughs> when you get high enough, you do get uh, some icicles. Yeah, but that's not Jasmine's fault. That's Aladdin. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, actually, that carpet is mine. It's the carpet's fault. 
the ice cream problem. <laughs> well, I'm not attracted to the carpet. <laughs> I'd be worried if you were. <laughs> All right, let's let's bring my favorite friend into the conversation. Hardware. Oh no, here we go. Hardware? Yes. Who took home the Oscar? Whole new world did. And let it go did. Yeah. <laughs> so but finally who happened. took home the Grammy. Uh, I, I'm assuming the whole new world did and let it go to uh, no a whole new world is the first and only Disney song to ever win the Grammy for best original song until Bruno tomorrow Sunday Sunday, oh Sunday. is it even nominated I actually do not think it's eligible I think the cutoff maybe is before December <laughs> sorry anyway <laughs> Well, it will <laughs> next year. Anyways, uh, if we're going for kind of like new age Disney, I have to go with Let It Go because it's more powerhouse woman. Do it for yourself. Work, you know, do your thing. You don't need a man to be make you happy. And yeah, end scene. Yeah. Uh, Chris, do you agree with me? <laughs> it is yeah it is interesting in contrast to a lot of these other songs because it is it is a want song in a way but it's a one song for themselves like elsa is talking about what she wants for herself it's about self-transformation it's about self-confidence and i don't think i can think immediately of any other disney song that is also that i think a lot of them are also all about like like even even how far i'll go is about having a something be a want beyond that, like for adventure, for something out there, for some, for to be on the surface or whatever it is that they want. It's always something up, an object there. Let it go is not about any specific object or goal. It's literally just, I'm feeling myself. <laughs> it's literally what that song is. So it is unique in the Disney canon because of that. So that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. You put it a lot more eloquently than I did, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's getting late. Uh <laughs> that's what I'm but that's why it's hard because I also think what makes one of the reasons why Whole New World is interesting is because it's a love song that's not just that. So it also is unique in the Disney canon. But you're right, if we're looking at this from a 2022 pair of eyes, which we have to be, because that's what that's how things work. Are. Yeah, that's how things work. Um uh <laughs> then it's very, it's easier to be like, oh, well, yeah, the more modern version of, of, the, of what the Disney ethos means is represented in Let It Go and not so much represented in A Whole New World. It's more traditional just by the fact that it came out a decade prior or two decades prior. I just like the song better. Oh, God. Is Aladdin 30 years old this year? Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> World. Um, yeah, 92. I know. That's how I figured it out. <laughs> that's wild. But anyway. Sounds like we might be leaning let it go. I'm trying to lean you the other way to a whole new world. If we had picked a different song from Aladdin. Yeah. 
I think if this was ballad. I think if this was Let It Go versus Friend Like Me, it would have demolished Friend Like Me. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm talking about one step no. ahead of Fred Line. No. <laughs> Sorry. This is the strongest yeah, song in this song already. that movie, and I think that that's the reason why we had this argument, is because it's the strongest song in that film. Yeah, both your leads singing in the in this moment. Yeah, all right, Mike, why like don't you... Like, eyes all over each other. All right, why, why do you think specifically it would be... Why do you think it would beat Let It Go Here? I want to hear what you think. Legacy! But why? Panda, why? panda, panda. <laughs> <laughs> but what? It's the love song. It's the love ballad. Uh, it's it's taking that Disney charm, that Disney love, and spreading it further than your wants, your hopes, your dreams. It's saying we can show you not just what you want in your in your current world. Don't say no. Let it go to to uh, to everywhere. But who's to say that let it go is not also about endless possibility? If isn't Elsa basically experimenting with her powers and her own little new life, telling herself that the limit is like there's no limit anymore? She's like released herself from the, the pressures of her life. And she's basically saying, the world's my oyster. I live in this old, uh, my own castle myself. And Just because she's a life. god among men. <laughs> yeah. She's given herself real powers, which is more than Aladdin can say. Aladdin has powers because the genie granted him them. And they're not going to be permanent. No, the Aladdin has a facade. His true power is a smoldering. Let's get back to the song. I think this is all relevant to the song. And not the characters. It's all relevant. I am debatable. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Smoldering Aladdin is why we should pick a whole new world. I get what you're saying. Is that the? I get what he's saying. I think what he's saying is, is that the idea of whole, whole new world seems like endless possibility, right? It's it's Aladdin showing Jasmine. It's not just love that I can offer you. It's also adventure. It's possibility. It's so much more than the life you have. It's taking you away from the life you dislike and bringing you into a, a literal new horizon of possibilities for you. But I'm saying that. I don't really buy it when you could argue that the same thing is being is happening with Elsa, and it, but in a more independent and stronger way. Elsa doesn't need somebody else to give this to her. She gave it to herself. This thing that she thought she was cursed with ends up being empowering to her because she has finally owned it, and that gives her endless possibility in her life. Uh, uh. Someone else talk. <laughs> All right, guys. I think it's time to vote. I we could argue. We could argue this one till midnight. But I was really on the fence until Kristen brought up that independence angle for Frozen, and yeah, I think Let It Go has the edge now. Yeah, it does. Let it go. Let it. Go. All right, let it go. All right. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> You you wanted this. This I knew this was how this was going to end with this these with four these people. Four, yeah, with these four. Say, was no always, this was always going to happen. There was no question. This was how it was yeah. going to end.
All right, how far I'll go or let it go? Nine seed. Which one will go? <laughs> which one will go to the champions? Uh, let it go. I think where I'm at is I like both of those songs a lot. I think Let It Go has the legacy advantage here because I think it will prove to be timeless. I think How Far I'll Go, though, the extra kick you get of it in the end of the movie, I think, gives me more of an emotional punch than any, any play of Let It Go does, even though Let It Go's climax is still great. Oh, it's close. It's so, so, so close. But if I was to write down the pros and cons, I think Let It Go maybe edges it out by a couple points. But it's close. Really? That's where I'm at. I mean, I don't think it's I close. like them both, but I feel like Let It Go has a stronger legacy. And, yeah, it's it's and it's only three years older and for some reason it has made an indelible impact it's more than Moana could and I don't know why because I felt like Moana was a stronger movie but it's just how things shook out whether it was time whether it was just the fact that it followed had to follow Frozen I don't know what it was but it just it just so happens that Let It Go is inescapable and always probably will be I think Let It Go has the history to win here. Let me explain what I mean here. <laughs> they completely rewrote the film because of the song yes, Let It Go. It does. That's, that's key. Um, the director of Let It Go, or of Frozen, went on to become the head of Disney Animated Studios because of the success of Frozen. If Let It Go does not happen, I don't think you get Moana. I don't think you get, we don't, you don't get Encanto. We don't get more of what came after Frozen. Um, one thing I will say, you're right. Because they, they went back to that um, not the the Tony Well, the the Broadway play, bringing in Adina Menzel and bringing in all of those, the the songwriting from the Lopez's to basically push and change what was at the time the Ice Queen into Frozen made Disney go back to that Tony Well, that, that Broadway Well, that they had successes with Howard Ashman, as you keep mentioning, from the Disney Renaissance. I think what you're touching on here is the difference between the song in the context of the film and the song in the context outside of the film. And I think you can say say the same thing about Let It Go. I think if you're comparing one-to-one to 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 one-to-one, like if you're comparing the first half to the second half of that sentence, for example, the use of How Far I'll Go in Moana and the use of Let It Go in Frozen, I would probably go with how far I'll go there because in that argument, it's in the context of Moana's story, it's very powerful. In the context of Elsa's Elsa's story in Frozen, it's also very powerful. But like I said, that extra kick you get in the reprise 
I think, puts Mulan on top. But when you look at it, the story outside of it, Let It Go has a lot of extra stuff because it's had a life beyond the context it was in, in the movie. How Far I'll Go does not as much, but I don't know. Like, that's a tough thing to weigh. I think as much as we love Moana and How Far I'll Go, you kind of have to pick Frozen because when you think of the legacy of Moana, it's not that song. It's probably You're Welcome, which whatever. But like, <laughs> it's when you see kids, it's like they're wearing the outfits, they're doing this, but like, Let It Go is Frozen. And honestly, it kind of changed Disney. Because yeah. Just like you said, we wouldn't have Moana or Encanto where the focus isn't on like a romantic interest. I mean, even Tangled was before what it, or uh, Frozen. Mm-hmm. And that was a romantic interest. Now we're getting into these new themes of like independence and um, and maybe that might have happened before. But I feel like Frozen really solidified that it's not just about a love interest anymore. Now it's yeah, it's about these like powerhouse characters that pave their own way and make their own path. And without Let It Go, that trajectory may have never happened. You're so absolutely as, right. Yeah. And as much as I love Moana and how I do agree, it's kind of the more powerful song in the moment. Let It Go is the more powerful Disney song, period. No, yeah, what you're touching on is really important. It's because I think Frozen is this era's pivot, pivotal film. Like if there's probably like of the four, you can point at one each for like that changed Disney's approach to storytelling. So like obviously starts with Snow White. I think you can say Cinderella is the next pivot. Then you have Little Mermaid and then you have Frozen. I think it's those four. Those are the the axes in which you see the storytelling switch. And yeah, Frozen was the most recent time that did. I think you can make an argument that maybe Tangled is halfway there. But the problem with Tangled is it has the extra like crutch of they didn't know how to market it. And so half of that movie is about the guy because they were so worried about marketing a film in 2010 that wouldn't have that boys would be like it's about a girl so they really played it safe but with frozen they tossed that out the window they were just like no we're going to embrace the story that we want to tell we're going to tell about like feature the characters that that are actual stars of this movie in the marketing and we're going to make it about empowerment we're going to make it about femininity we're going to make all this important to the plot more so and than sisterhood and prioritizing yeah. what matters most. And I'm glad they did because you're right. They wouldn't have been able to make Moana the movie it was unless they had established that groundwork. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Encanto would have ended up like it did without that that work done. Or Raya and the Last Dragon, even though it's not a musical, still exists in this conversation because of that. Hmm. It's hard to not say, let it go here, Um, as much as we all love Moana. Also, I think I feel okay with having let it go take this entire category, because to me, it is the most modern, it's, 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 yes, it's the most modern, but it's also, I feel like an encapsulation of that Disney magic, but filtered through that modern lens. It's taking the thing that they have always tried to communicate from the beginning, 
which is having a wish and trying to like a want and achieving it, like going towards a goal, whether it's through magic or through hard work or whatever, how you get there, go that arc of the character being like, I want this, I want this so bad. And then at the end, achieving that. And I think that it does that in the, the more modern, modern way. So it's like having the, it's like having the cake and eating it too. You get that Disney magic, but on top of it, you also get that modern version of it, which is, no, I did it for myself because that's what matters. I didn't do this for anybody else. So it's really a good synthesis of what you, of what the, the Disney ethos used to be and what they purport it to be now. I say because obviously the company line may not match what art is saying, but at least from the art's point of view, I think it's the ultimate encapsulation of what the Disney lesson has always been. Amen. Is this what Disney's become now, Frozen? I mean, yes. I mean, and I feel like that sentence can be read, depending on who you are, read in different ways, right? Some people would be like, oh man, that's bad because I missed the hand-drawn animation or, oh, like that's my kids listen to it all the time and I'm annoyed by it. But it also could have a positive spin, right? It means, like Kristen said, we've moved beyond just stories about romance. We've moved beyond about stories about magic. We've now gotten to the point where we can talk about confidence, self, like self-love. We can talk about mental health. We can talk about these kinds of content in Disney movies that we never could touch. So I'm okay with it winning. So Chrissy, are you ready to concede Moana? <laughs> no, she wasn't let it go the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to let it go the whole time. <laughs> ready to concede Moana? Yeah. I just argued for Frozen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Let it. let it go. Let it go. No, 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 no. It's our, it's our bracket. We'll do what we want. We're going to combine them. How far I'll let it go. <laughs> song. Someone do that mashup. Someone out there. Don't actually, because I don't think it would sound very good. <laughs> no, I think it would work. <laughs> anyway. Oh. That's Let It Go, your number one Disney animated song, according to the Media Boat podcast. We did it. We did Together. it. Yay! We did a millennial-ass millennial bracket. <laughs> but we knew it was going to be. We eliminated everything older than 1960, 1950. By the time we got to the second round, we eliminated everything older than 1989 for the semis. Yep. <laughs> Good for us. I mean, that's only because a dream is a wish your heart makes paired up with the world's greatest criminal mind. <laughs> yes, that's why. That's why. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our March Madness Bracket for the year 2022. Thank you for joining us here with the Media Boat Podcast. I want to give a special thanks to our guests here. Take a bow. You helped a lot. Yay. Thank you for joining us. Uh, hey, we have a regular podcast. If you are listening to this, you are subscribed to our feed or you're looking at our feed at least. So, hey, check out our weekly episodes. 
Right now, our schedule is we record on Saturday mornings with a new episode of Media the Boat Pod, Media Boat Podcast coming out every week. We talk about way more than Disney films there. We talk about movies, television, video games, and music, all of that every week. So join us there or live on YouTube. You can find us by searching Media Boat Podcasts on either of those services. And then we'll be back maybe next March in 2023 to do a different bracket of something else. Who knows what we'll do? I, yeah, I have no idea, but it won't be Disney because I think we've pretty much exhausted the topic. I think we've tapped that well. <laughs> yeah, I think we're done with Disney, but we'll do something just as exciting. So thank you for joining us. It's been fun. We'll be back next time. So tune in Saturday for a new episode. We'll have, we'll see you next time. And you can listen to uh, all of our Disney March Madness brackets. Yes. Right now. If you want. Okay, bye. (laughs) Okay, bye. Okay. That's the song that you're the one. Okay, bye. If you want, yeah, you want to build a, a bracket. That's what we should have called this.